umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello this is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson and welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast well Andy what you think about coach Harbaugh's uh, mini announcement today on Sirius Radio well, I think it's a subject that's going to keep coming up as long as he's here, and it seemed to me that he uh, said that he loved football and he loved Michigan. Uh, what did you think of it? I don't think that Coach Harbaugh says anything without carefully considering how it's going to be taken. And although it's kind of an understated admission, I, I think that it shows that he's definitely has the idea that potentially he could be here long term. And, and what I'm saying is, I, I don't think that he's lying. You know, I don't think that he, he's being deceptive and has a plan to leave in two or three years. Um, now, a, a lot can happen, but I think that, as you said, the question comes up constantly, and I think that this is a way to try to put it to rest, at least for a little while. But, like you said, it, it's not going to go away. But I'd much rather hear him say this than, you know, what some coaches say. Well, you know, at the end of the season we'll evaluate. I mean, that, that he doesn't seem to be hemming and hawing like, like some coaches do. There are some good signs. His parents have bought a home that's in close proximity to where he lives. And uh, they love Ann Arbor. And he's got kids in the school here, hasn't he? I mean... I don't know how old his kids are, but they're in school there. So uh, I think he's got a great future. If his health uh, lasts, and there's no reason to think it won't, uh, he should be around for a long, long time. After all, uh, $7 million a year jobs don't fall out of the uh, sky. They they come from uh, a once in a lifetime circumstance unless you own a business that's producing that kind of income so he's in a very very good shape he's uh, got a good crew working for him he's got the best coaches that uh, you can get I'm, I really respect him and I like to listen to him I think they're honest and I think they uh, know the game and love the game so they all have in a, you know that team has an esprit de corps this year that you just don't see every year you know, that's a good point. I think one of the things, when people ask me um, what's my impression of, of talking to the coaches and the players, universally there seems to be a, um, you know, almost jovial attitude. I mean, you know that Harbaugh is working them really hard, but but... It, it doesn't seem like it's too much. I mean, you know, and, and you'll hear some of the players, and, and actually uh, I, I think Don Brown said this last week, you know, the thing that he enjoys about watching Harbaugh pra- you know, run a practice is he knows when to ease up on the players. And, you know, I, I think that after Harbaugh's first season, uh, there was kind of an impression that he was kind of a taskmaster, that, that he really rode the players hard. And... I have no doubt that they're working their tails off, but but they seem to be having a good time too. And I wonder how much of that comes from 
them going on that, that spring break trip and spending a lot of time together, kind of bonding as a team. Um, so it, it is interesting. I, I think you're right. There, there seems to be a, a good spirit around the team. And, you know, of course, it, it's, it's easy to be in a good mood when you're 0-0 heading into the season. But uh, it, it definitely, you know, they don't seem like, you know, in some years, and especially the last couple years of, of Hulk, a lot of the players seem so uptight, you know, under so much pressure that, that you, you kind of felt for them, that, you know, they were careful, they didn't want to say anything wrong, they didn't want to, you know, say anything to get in trouble. And, uh, I mean, you see some of the guys actually having a pretty good time, you know, you know, talking to the media and, and, and embracing the process. So I, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, you know, Andy, how do you, read, yeah. how do you read the quarterback position right now? Well, everybody seems to think that the state uh, is uh, a little bit ahead, but you're not going to know until we see the snap on game day. And I think we're in pretty darn good shape. I think that they think that they can win with either one, and that's what's important. Uh, one of them will get the shot, and one of them won't, but one of them will be there if the other one gets hurt or if there's a circumstance where they need to use them. Uh, they have two very good quarterbacks, and possibly they've got Morris standing in the wings there. I don't know how Morris has done this year, but he doesn't seem to be mentioned in the lineup anymore. It seems to be a two-man race. So we'll see which one of them uh, gets it. But you know darn well that both of them, both of them, either of them, are going to be very good even though they have slightly different characteristics. A lot is being made of O'Corn's tension to play a little bit wild to try to force in passes that aren't there, might throw an interception, and then they'll make an absolutely stunning play. And the fact that the other quarterback has thrown a touchdown in Michigan and he never has, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. I don't know how you can differentiate. And this is, this is as big a, a secret as there is at the University of Michigan. And you certainly don't get any players leaning one way or the other. You know, it's funny that you say that because it, it seems to me from talking to the players, you know, unless there's some kind of, of secret leak or secret sources, it seems that everyone is towing the company line that you know, it's it's a neck and neck race, and I think the only thing that I've seen that's changed is, you know, at one point, as you said, they said it was a three man race, and, and they they said that Shane Morris was was doing well, and, and the last time that Tim Dreveno spoke, uh, it was oh we can win with either quarterback, and that was definitely you know he was definitely referring to Spite or O'Corn, and, and again, you know I, I have no special you know. You know, I don't think anybody has leaked or anybody has tipped their hand. I really think, you know, and, and this could be the, you know, me stepping out on a ledge here. I, I just have a feeling that I think it's going to end up being a corn. Maybe not the very first game, but in in breaking down the tape of when he played previously, I think that, um, you know, he has that mythical bigger upside and. 
as, you, as you said, you know, he, he does, uh, you know, he'll, he will uh, hit the jackpot on some in a good way on, on some plays, and then and then kind of make a bad you know mistake. But if we've seen anything from the quarterback whisperer, our, our coach, um, he seems to be able to to rein in um, the the less positive aspects of of quarterback performance. And and I just think that um, you know last year was. Um, Harbaugh basically, you know, when you look at Rudock, it was more of, and, and I don't say this in a bad way, but it was more game management until he really got, you know, his feet underneath him, and it probably took, you know, six or seven games for him to really start improving, and then he improved. I mean, steadily improved throughout the season. Um, the thing that we got to remember about is now is that O'Corn has been working out with the team for a whole year, and. Um, while Spite has more experience, you know, briefly experience, um, I, I just I just have a feeling that you know you have a guy in in O'Corn who has um, you know more experience, not at Michigan, and you know looking at again, it's it's just a gut feel I have. It's almost one of those things, you know, you know they tell you when you when one of the the theories for making it a split decision is to flip a coin <laughs> when it's this close and. And again, uh-huh. everybody is is very tight lipped about it. Well, it's all good for the University of Michigan because you're going to have two quality quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that understand the system, and they're coached by one of the best, most qualified quarterback coaches in the country. So, I think uh, I don't really, I really don't think that the quarterback position is going to be a position that's a problem, especially since. They have a cadre of wide receivers that is just great. They've got some new guys in there. Evans is in there. But, you know, and but with Darbell back and uh, Chesson back and Chesson 100% supposedly after healing from a, what was that? It was a PCL, not an ACL. That's why it came back so quick. So uh, even though they lost Amir Mitchell, uh, he was in the doghouse, decided that he needed out of the kennel, and he's going to leave school. That's too bad, especially for Amir, because he was a very quality uh, recruiter, and he spent the spring here. He was an early enroller, and uh, he just couldn't slip into the Michigan mold, apparently. And so he's gone. Uh, that, in the long run, might hurt a little bit, but they'll get other receivers. And if they have a good year this year, any of the three defections that they've recently have had uh, won't matter too much because the big prizes lie at the end of the year. The big prizes, the five guys, the guys rated top fours usually don't commit until about the end of the session which would be sometime near February so we'll see I, this this operation doesn't have anything to me that smells there's no garbage there they're working hard they love their work they're getting along and what if these kids didn't have 
the new guys, the newcomers, to talk about, the freshmen to talk about, because if you go to a press conference, that's what they're talking about. Of course, it's what they're asked about is how good those freshmen are. So, uh, and the question always comes up is how good is Jabril? Listen, if you, if you can play 12 or 22 positions on a football team, you're a good football player. I think we can quit asking that question because I think he, he's going to show us a definitive answer this year. Barring injury, of course, but uh, he'll be as good as we see. You know, about Amir Mitchell, I, I wonder if part of the issue, um, in addition to being in the doghouse, is... You know, he looked at, you know, where he is, where he would be on the depth chart, and you know, being pretty, being pretty far down, and wondering if, like you said, a fresh start might just be easier um, somewhere else. Um, you know, uh, another thing that happened in this last week, we had the uh, the mass arrests down in South Bend, um, where uh, you know, you look at that, and and you know, you had. Five Notre Dame football players get arrested um, in two different separate incidents, and then uh, they ended up actually just missing two guys. So, you know, that has to be every coach's worst nightmare. That, you know, to have, you, you know, that a lot of the players hang out together, and occasionally, uh, you know, young people do stupid things. But to have two major incidents in the same day. Um, you know, uh, Notre Dame has to be, uh, you know, Coach Kelly has to be very, very, very upset. He had a, he had a very, very bad weekend. Um, and well, were, some of the charges were serious, too. Some of the charges <coughs> were felonies, I, I read. So. Well, and, and again, I mean, any time that they immediately drop two guys, um, you know, that, that, uh, that definitely speaks to how serious things were. And, and again... To a certain extent, you know, we're going to make fun of Notre Dame because that's kind of what we do. But you just hope that that not for the grace of God, not here, that a situation like that doesn't happen here. Because again, you know, you have young young guys uh, screwing around, and and again, occasionally bad things happen. Um, one thing we do know that by the time Notre Dame is back playing Michigan, you know, those slots will be full. But we can definitely poke fun, fun, poke fun for now. Um, and you know, Andy, if you had one area of concern for this team, like one position group that you're worried about, what would it be? A linebacker depth and depth on the offensive line. I, if something happens to that center, if Mason doesn't turn out to be the panacea like everybody seems to think he is, and he is a good football player. If he can't call the shots like they think he can, if something should happen there, he breaks a leg or pulls a ligament or something, then I think they would be in dire straits because I don't see any backup for that position that is getting any buzz. Uh, Kugler has been there a long time, but he doesn't seem to be able to get over the top. Uh, they just don't seem to have a lot of depth there. There are spots where where the injury bug could pare them down to a problem situation. But if some of these new guys that they got can come on us with the kind of athletes that we're hearing they are, then that's going to help too. If Breedman can 
give Newsom a run for the money at the left tackle slot, uh, that competition will mean two things. One, that whoever wins it is good, and whoever loses is going to be good when they get, if something happens to the starter. So, in a way, they are reloading, but they still don't have the level of depth that a great football, college football team should have to go all the way. We'll see. Maybe they do. I didn't expect it in 97 in particular, and they went uh, to a national champion, you know, strive to a national champion. So it could happen, but I think depth is their problem. I think they got more talent than they've had in years. Well, I'm always, you know, take special interest in the offensive line. And, and again, uh, to a man, everyone is raving about Mason Cole. Um, and, and I think that, you know, having spoken to him, I'm buying it. You know, he, he seems pretty bright. Um, he definitely seems older. You know, he definitely wears his experience well. And so, and again, injury bug would always would cause you a problem, especially at center. But it seems like I, I'm not worried about center. I am worried about, like you said, the depth in some of the other positions. And then, again, at linebacker. I mean, you know, because one of the things that I think happened last year is we got wore down as far as depth goes, both on the defensive line and at the linebacker position. This year, everyone's, you know, again, they said it again today, they're rolling eight or nine guys on the line through, and, and even if you, a couple go down or a couple don't perform, you have enough that should, you should be able to handle the positions. And, you know, really excited about, you know, seeing some of the players come through. Um, you know, Taco looks, looks like he's going to be a mountain of a man. Um, Rashawn Gary, um, uh, Brian Monet seems to be back, and Don Brown said really great things about him, you know, that he had greatly improved from the spring where he'd been coming back from an injury to now. But again, linebacker looks a little interesting. Um, you know, they talked about that Jabril is going to walk up and, and, and play close and be almost another linebacker in some of the formations. That will help somewhat. But, uh, again, I, I think that you hit it, you know, and, and we're going to agree um, that offensive line and linebacker are, are, are two of the big concerns we have. So, um, you know, and, and while we're talking about wide receivers, you also got to mention Jake Butt, who, you know, is just all-world and when we expect great things from. You've got to mention all the tight ends, too, because Wheatley has no slouch. And a CC or whatever his name is, a freshman, is 286 pounds. And with good hands, good athletes, they got a they got a load of talent. Bunting ought to be mentioned, but I, I I'm kind of touting Wheatley because I think Wheatley is going to make a big difference this year. Uh, he, they're going to play three tight ends on occasion, and he's big enough to knock people down, knock linebackers over, and defensive backs, and he's athlete enough to. To move his feet and move that bulk down the down the field, so I think Wheatley's going to come on and make an name for himself this year. All right. Well, Andy, to end this podcast, who do you think will be your breakout player this season? So we talked this about season? things you're worried about. Who do you think? Who do you, who are you most looking forward to, or who are you expecting to just have a monster year? I, 
I think Rashawn Gary is going to have a monster year. He's got the size. He's got the mentality. He's got the smarts. Uh, and everybody talks about him. Uh, the other play, the players that are playing against him, giving great marks. So of the newcomers, I think it might be him. Otherwise, I think it's going to be that center. If they're going to be good, the center has to be good. they got to call the plays right. Handle those big men that are on their nose all the time. We'll see. I think that the most important person on that team right now for this year is that center. Well, if that's the case, I think we're in pretty good hands, and hopefully he'll stay healthy and, and perform well. Um, from my standpoint, I'm really looking for a huge breakout from Taco Trouton. I, I really just think that um, even with eight or nine guys cycling through on the defensive line, um, I, I think that this new scheme opens itself up, lends itself to to he and, and maybe even Brian Monet, but, but that position really having potential to to really cause some havoc on for opposing defenses, you know, or opposing offenses. And then, I mean, you have to, you know, it's almost like who do you who do you want to see and, and discount, you know, don't say Jabril Peppers because, I mean, you know, with how much they're saying he could be on the field at all the positions, I mean, he, he could be and should be really amazing to watch. He should be. He, he's going to be a story. I'd like to see him win the Heisman. I don't know if he can or not. I don't know how much hype there'll be. If he plays a little offense, perhaps he can do it, just like Woodson did. But we'll see. It's gonna. They they got so many places where some shine can break through. And Taco Carlton is one of them. He's going to be good. I can see why you're picking. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And remember that in addition to downloading the podcast from our website, you can subscribe and get it through iTunes. Search for UMGoBlue. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.